You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. He's just exceptional in, in almost every way, starting with his ability to be out there all the time. Garoppolo, play action, just as you called, clean pocket, lobs downfield for Adam, The pace that he practices at, the tempo that he works at, it's obviously very clear why he has achieved what he's achieved, because every day is basically that. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, Galleria Mall, Mall Ring Circle. You cannot miss us. Got a lot of Radio Nation in the building. Uh, I think I just gave away my last T-shirt. Yep, did, but I got a couple of cups and some koozies and some hats and some tickets still available for you. So you got one hour to get on down here and get hooked up just like that because that's what we do. We like to give things away free. If it ain't free, it ain't me. That's a motto I've lived by my whole life, so I'm trying to continue to pass those blessings along to you. A couple quick texts real quick. Uh, we just had our guy Raider Dave in Denver throw the question out there about victory songs, and I hadn't really thought about it. Right. Just I guess songs come on and kind of organically in whatever mood I'm in. That's just how it rolls. But he said, hey, you know, if the Raiders win, what song are you listening to? We got a text from the 505 California Love. I like that one. That one, I guess, could go for either one of the teams. Right. If you're talking about the Raiders or the the Chargers, because, well, we know that the Raiders are holding it down in L.A. more than the Chargers ever will. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, Vegas Pete said, great interview with Paul G. Right on the money about the offensive line. Jimmy got hit 12 times. That's too much. I think because he has no time, he looks to go to Adams. Victory song, Back in Black by ACDC. That's from uh, my guy Vegas Pete. Really good uh, really good text, my man. Definitely appreciate that. And got one tweet. Where did it go? Here it goes. Uh, Raider Julian, my Raiders victory song is always the same. Funkadelic, one nation under a groove. One nation under a groove. Ha! Getting down just for the funk of it. There you go. Good stuff. Raider Julian, appreciate that. Really, really good stuff. Uh, you can keep that coming at 69187, keyword r Of course, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200, just like our guy, Raider Mac has. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What up, Q? What up, what? Q? I can't believe y'all are uh, Raider Nation and everybody disrespecting on the song, man, there shouldn't be no other song, but Ice Cube is the man that <laughs> ride and die with the Raiders, and it should should be. Uh, it was a good day after the victory. Ice Cube been with us from the beginning, so I don't I don't hear about them other dudes. <laughs> Ice Cube been the only one repping the Raiders and coming to the stadium and stuff. So but sometimes, sometimes I'm not in that kind of. I mean, because that song don't have that super hype, right? It, it, sometimes I'm so fired up, I gotta, I gotta hear day. some hyphy, man. I gotta get oh, fired up. I gotta shake my dreads. <laughs> okay, maybe, okay. <laughs> I'll let you go on. I'll let you. I'll let you do that one. Okay, I, I go with that. All but right. uh, Q, yeah. um, I, you know what, man? I, I'm gonna I'm be at the game on uh, uh, on Sunday against nice. the Chargers. So here, here's my biggest my biggest thing is the key is going to be no matter who's the quarterback the offensive line got to play well they already know that they already know that but my biggest thing is Josh McDaniels man his play calling is is is, is, is suspect I mean I I believe he should give the play calling over to somebody else because it's like it's like Stan, uh, um, the Chargers coach 
he's a, he's supposed to be a defensive guru, and his defense is horrible. McDaniel's supposed to be an offensive guru, and the offense is being bad. Mm-hmm. So my thing is sometimes you got to step back and let your pride go and give give the offense to somebody else to call plays, get a different perspective, a different eye. I, and I'm I'm saying this right now, Jimmy G, if he starts, I, I think we got a good chance to win, but. If we, we don't start Jimmy G, I, I, I don't see a rookie coming in. And I like the kid, and I like um, Hoyer, but I just don't see them winning with that with only a, you know, a couple of days of practice because Jimmy G, from what I heard, he's been taking most of the, the snaps with the first team. And you know how that works, you. And, Q, what was your you – you had a question out there. What was the question about the Raiders? Uh, today, today it was just about the keys to victory, and then also can Josh Jacobs get going and get his first hundred yard yeah. rushing day? Josh Jacobs will get a hundred yards because that defense is is horrible. Nice. They are horrible. And Q, uh, man, I just want to say thank you for just being there for us, man. That you know, whether it's good or bad, it, it's just the game at the end of the day. So all these people that are yelling and screaming sometimes at you, Q, that's ridiculous. But they don't understand it's not you making a decision or anything. <laughs> it's just a game at the end of the day anyway. We're just having fun. This is just for fun, man. I know I'm a loyal Raider fan. I've been a Raider fan for over 40 years. But it's just a game at the end of the day. But we want to see our team win. But we got to have respect for the host. And, and, and I think you're doing a great job, you and everybody else, to put this radio station. We didn't have no voice before you guys came. So we want to keep you so we need to respect you and and keep keep going, man. And uh, we'll talk on Monday after victory. Hopefully, you know Jimmy G uh, start, but we'll see what happens. All, All right, you, y'all have a good weekend. All right, man. You too. Appreciate the call. And you know what? Uh, Raiders get that victory on uh, on Monday or on Sunday. We'll be playing uh, Ice Cube today. Was a good day on Monday, just for you. Just for you, we'll be playing Ice Cube today was a good day. Because, well, that means that today was a good day, right? And, again, I, I, hey, man, I love me some Ice Cube. I can go through the whole category, uh, the whole catalog, right? Um, it's just sometimes you got to get into the mood where the, 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 the music just captures you and gets you even more hype and gets you in a zone. Sometimes I get in the zone where I'm so fired up with the music that, like, I lose my breath. I, like, all of a sudden, at some point, I'm like, man. I better slow down or I'm going to pull a hammy or something, right? I mean, sometimes that's the definition of going dumb, right? When you get the thin face going, it, it takes a, take a man in good shape to go, go dummy in the club. I'm just saying, it takes a man in really good shape to be able to go dumb. If you go dumb and you ain't in good shape, <laughs> you're going to be done. So there's that. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy, Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, always good to hear your show. I just want to say what the last caller said. I forget. I hear him all the time, but um, – just like you said, man, you, you are a voice, man, especially if you don't live in Vegas. You can hear you from from wherever, so that, that, that's amazing to our ears. Um, just just to um, rehash the the decision um, Coach made last last week, you know, by kicking the field goal, and what you said James Jones said, um, that's my sentiment, too, because, you know, the Raiders, you say we, we need dogs, right? Yep. Right now, to me, all the dogs is on. We got more dogs, obviously, on, on offense. When you got Jacobs and you got uh, uh, Adams and now you got Myers, you know, you, you, all the dogs is on offense right now. So you, you go for it right there, man. I think the team would have had more, um, I don't want to say respect, but would have respected that call more if they would have went for it 
and not got it, then it, then they kicked the field goal. Because, I mean, they, they got a lot of good players on offense. I think they, they would have had a better chance uh, staying in the game and, you know, maybe winning it. But, you know, that, that's water under the bridge. And um, people talk about Jacobs being a little slow, don't have a punch, but then they back it up with him missing uh, a training camp. I think it has more to do with that. He, he's even said it. But you can see the last couple of games towards the end, he's starting to pick it up. So uh, I don't know if he's get 100 yards, but I expect him to play better. The Q, the, the line had a block. You know, that's with any team, right? Yeah, yeah. Defense, they got to stop the run, you know. And on offense, you got to open up holes and you got to block for the quarterback. So last year they started off a little bit slow. This year we expect them to start faster because they only really changed one player. So we're thinking they'll get off to a faster start. And that have that hasn't happened. So after three games, it's like people, oh, you got to tear it down. You got to trade. It's like, man, it's only three games. And. You had a guy on the other day. I think it was like fifteen teams are either like one and one and two or yeah. zero and yep. three or something like that. Yep. So it's too much time to. It's too early to start like um, wanting to do an overhaul. Right. And then one I more thing, you said some on your on your podcast. I think my wife was telling me she was she even told me this, you know before, but um, I don't do it anymore. Like you said, you know, after the games, the Raider games, they would lose. She was like, man, your attitude would be all funky, <laughs> and you know, you'd be in a bad attitude, and then. She started saying, now she just say, just don't have no expectations. Be presently surprised. You know, I, it, it's so much better because we don't have no control over it, but it's just right. so, such a bummer when you wait for the late-night game or if it's early or whatever, and then they lose, and you just be like, she's like, yeah, you used to be in such a, you know, funky mood. And I was like, that ain't cool. So now I just watch the game, whatever happens, happens, and then, you know, move on to whatever is next for that Sunday. So keep up the good work, you and Ari, man, and hopefully they can get a victory uh, this Sunday. All right, Bernard, appreciate the call. Good stuff. Yeah, we're trying to get Ari to do the right thing. We'll, we'll get him there at some point. I don't know what it's going to take, but we'll get Ari going at the right direction at some point. But, no, that's how I used to roll, man. I used to always be in a bad mood when the Raiders lost and, you know, family didn't want to be around me. And, you know, I, just, I was always in a bad mood. And that's just – that ain't no way to live, <laughs> right, for you or them, right? It just – it really isn't. So, at some point, I just had to, you know, I think – learn reality and learn real life and have real life circumstances happen to make you realize that there's more important things in life in general than just what those guys do on the field. Because like you said, we're out of control of it, right? We're fans. We want to see the team win for sure. We want to celebrate and and talk trash to other fans bases across the league. But at the end of the day, man, we're we're there. Our job is to, to cheer them on and yell and scream, but not be, not be rude and disrespectful to our own families. It ain't their fault. <laughs> they didn't do it. So, yeah, that's that's a that's a, a great thing. And, you know, one thing that you brought up, you mentioned the Raiders need dogs, and I've, I've said that before too. When they had that opportunity, and I hate to keep going back to Sunday night, but when they had the opportunity to go and, and go for the first down and ultimately go for the touchdown, they chose not to. That was almost like, and I don't want to sound rude or disrespectful, that was almost like the coach not having that dog in him too. And what I mean by that, my example is last night, Thursday night football, the Lions kick a field goal, but there was a penalty on uh, Green Bay because they tried to jump over uh, the pile, and they landed on a player, and so that was a penalty. So Dan Campbell took the points off the board and said, we're going to go for the touchdown. Then he got all the way to fourth down at the goal line, and instead of punching it, instead of kicking a field goal again, he said, no, we're going to go for the jugular. We're going to go for the touchdown. We're going to trust David Montgomery is going to punch it in the end zone, and they did, and that was the knockout blow for the Packers. The Packers were trying to make a little bit of a comeback. I don't know if they would have, but that was ultimately the knockout punch. So every once in a while, the coach is going to have to have that dog in them too. 
and say, just like James Jones said, my mama said I can't win a fight without swinging. You got you to gotta swing. If you don't swing, you ain't going to win that fight. You might not get hit because you might be able to dance, but you got to be able to throw a punch if you want to have, uh, have an opportunity to knock someone out or win that fight. So uh, really good stuff, Bernard. I do appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, and it's always really good to hear from you. Uh, let's get quick in as well. Quick, what's up on your mind? Welcome to the show. Jubal, what it do? Hey, look, Jump. brother, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. We'll say it for you. Hey, damn, they got no dog in him. We already <laughs> seen that, brother. We will say it for you. You can be PC without us, brother. You ESPN now. You are ESPN. We got this for you, my brother. Daniels, get some dog in you. I'm at you next week, you ball go Raiders. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Great call, quick. Great call. Hey, man, just saying. <laughs> that was I, I appreciated what Dan Campbell did last night, and I would appreciate it if, if Joshua Daniels had gone for it as well last Sunday. I, I said it when it happened. I tweeted it out when he kicked the first field goal. I said, kicking a field goal, huh? And then they took the points off the board, and they kicked the field goal again. I was like, ah, I don't like that. But I asked him about it on Monday too, and he, he understood and acknowledged why I would question that decision. Uh, Dan, calling from San Diego. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, dude, Q. Good to hear you, man. I'm back in San Diego, brother. How you doing, brother? I'm walking the beach, but I got to talk to you, and I got to say, we got to do Bob Marley's Positive Vibrations. Nice, nice. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. Did anyway, you hang up? man. Go ahead. We, we got we to beat the, my, uh, the Judases, as I affectionately call them. There you Sunday, go. And, and I, I feel, I'm like you. I feel good about this game. Cool. I don't know why, but I feel good about it. It's, hey, it's all – I'm with you. I don't know why either, but I do too. So I'm, I'm hoping that we have those positive vibes and those positive uh, fired-up energetic uh, songs come Sunday once the game gets wrapped up. <laughs> you have a great weekend, Q. Hey, you too, man. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the beach, man. That's the life right there, right? Walking the beach, talking to the dude on the radio station. And it don't get too much better than that. At some point, and the wife is here at Buffalo Wild Wings, at some point, wife, we're going to be that couple. I'm just going to – we're going to have a, a house on the beach, and we're going to go outside, sit on the patio. It's not going to be too hot. It's not going to be too cold. I'm going to do a little three-hour radio show, and then we're going to walk up and down the beach the rest of the day. Call it a day. We ain't going to worry about no kids. They're going to have to get their own damn job and worry about them. We ain't going to worry about no bills. We ain't going to worry about nothing. We're just going to sit on the beach, do a radio show, drink Mai Tais, and walk up and down the beach. I don't know where that's going to be, but we're going to do it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where we have to. We might have to come up with our own island. I don't know what that is, but we're going to work on that. So good stuff. Dan, thanks so much for that call. I appreciate you. One more call, and I promise we're going to get to Mad Max Crosby. Gangster, Gangster Raider, what's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Doc? Yeah, what I want to say is I think that if we do win, the song should be, um, dang, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I'll come back to it. But what I want to <laughs> say is with all the injuries, I heard that um, they center. He's going to be placed on IR tomorrow, so he's not going to play. Eckler's not going to play. So there's no um, – uh, I think Darwin James not going to play. There's like four or five of their starters that's not expected to play. Yeah. So that's even more reason, even bigger reason we should win. And if we don't win, I'm going to be highly disappointed. You know what I'm saying? But – also, I think what you said about the coach having dog in him. Remember when he first got hired, and I expressed that um, that he was kind of like a weasel or whatever. I called him Coach Weasel, but I said I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
it seems like that that weaselly coach is coming back, and he's not being a leader of men. He needs to be a leader of men that commands a locker room, like like the Detroit Lions coach. And I don't, I'm not getting that vibe from Josh McDonald. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he seems like he's cowering more and more, especially after games, after the decisions he's been making recently. You know what I'm saying? Like even if you make a dumb decision, <clears throat> stand up like a man with your chest out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like that other McDaniels in Miami, or Mike McDaniel. I think we got the wrong McDaniel because that Mike McDaniel, he doing his thing down there in Miami. And, and what, well, I think he got hired the same day, or I think he got hired after we hired um, our McDaniels, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't think he's a leader of men or whatever. And like I said, this will be the first game in L.A. I'm not attending because of how he didn't go for the touchdown in the last game. Because I was getting ready to buy seven tickets for me, my sons, and my nephews. But he even um, – like I said, if he'd even throw a punch to try to win the fight, I'm like, I'm not finna waste all this money buying seven tickets for a game they're probably going to lose. So I hope they don't win. I mean, I hope they don't lose. I hope they do win because it's a Raider Nation all day, but I'll be surprised if they do. You know what I'm saying? That's why the song, I forget the song. It was, it was something about being shocked and surprised but happy or whatever. <laughs> oh, because I'm happy. Yeah, um, remember that um, song about Pharrell? Because I'm happy. Yeah, I'll yeah. Be, I'll be yeah. happy and shocked and surprised if we do win. You know what I'm saying? But that's the song we do. I'm happy, whatever, however the song goes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I that's know what song, song you're talking about. I know yeah, exactly what song you're talking about. Play. Yeah, because I'll be shocked and surprised man, and relieved if we do win. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to waste my money buying seven tickets. You know what I'm saying? I'm gone. Keep it gangster, y'all. All right, Gangster Raider right there. And, yeah, for real, that's what I used to call him, for real, because he tells the truth. Uh, happy, that was a great song right there. Uh, remember, I remember that song was like the song of the year. Yeah, that song was fantastic. Everybody was playing that one. Yeah, and talk about Corey Lindsley. He's the uh, center for the Chargers. Yeah, he's going to be placed on IR tomorrow. He's dealing with a non-emergent heart-related medical issue. So he's done for the season. Uh, I don't know what's going on. That's from Bridget Condon, who was on the show earlier today. That's scary stuff, man. Anytime you're dealing with your ticker, that's a problem. So I'm hoping that uh, everything goes okay for Corey Lindsley. Uh, obviously, that's one of those situations that, to me, is bigger than football. When you're dealing with something with your heart, man, that's, that ain't nothing to play around with. So hopefully uh, he's, he's okay and he gets, he gets back the way he needs to be. But some scary times for him. Uh, and the Chargers, to your point, man, they have a lot of injuries. Right, if there's a time that the Raiders could take advantage of it, it would be this week because there is a lot of dudes. Derwin James, as you mentioned, might not play. Bosa might not play. Eckler might not play. Right? I mean, there's there's so many dudes that might not play. J.C. Jackson with a healthy scratch last week. Maybe he won't play. Maybe he will. Doesn't really matter. He hasn't played that good anyway. So, yeah, man, there's a lot to to wonder about what's going on with that Charger team. But the Raiders don't need to worry about them. The, Char- the Raiders need to worry about them themselves. They need to worry about how they get right. Because that's that's uh, that's the biggest problem. So, and as far as like the coaches go, and I know I brought up Dan Campbell just because I respected what he did last night. The one thing about it is, you can't be who you're not. You know what I mean? Like Dan Campbell is a, you know, he's a football coach, right? I mean, if you look at Dan Campbell, you would think that he's either a football coach, or a WWE wrestler, or like a construction worker, right? If you saw Dan Campbell on the strip you know, trying to construct the, the road for F1, you would say, yeah, that makes sense. He looks like a guy that's either, you know, building something, Bob the Builder, or he's doing something like, like I said, wrestling, or he's a football coach. That's just who his, his persona is. And so he's naturally who he is. You can't, you can't try to duplicate that if that's not in you. If you ain't got that in you to be that guy, that bravado, I'm going to bite off your kneecaps, and I, and I thought that was fake at first, but it's not. That's just who he is. So that's not for everybody. 
But, uh, you know, Coach McDaniels has got to be who he is naturally himself. I just wish he had gone for it like you and many others. I wish he had gone for it for the, the first down and the touchdown as opposed to kicking the field goal. I, think, I thought that was a bad decision on Sunday. I thought it was a bad decision on Monday. And I think it's a bad decision on Friday. But that's just me. So thanks so much for that, uh, that call. I do appreciate you. All right, do we have time to get to, to Mad Max? All right, so here's what I talked about I was going to have at the top of the hour, but we had some really good calls from Raider Mac, Bernard, Quick, Dan, and Gangster Raider, uh, so we had, to, uh, we had to push it back just a little bit. But this was something that was floating around on Twitter last night. NFL Films put this together. Uh, Carissa Thompson did a really good job sitting down with Mad Max Crosby. It's only about eight to nine minutes long, but it's his journey through sobriety and football. Again, with Carissa Thompson from NFL Films. Check it out. The one thing you got to change is everything. Since the first drink I took, like, I was always that guy. I didn't understand what just having, like, getting buzzed was. Like, no, I'm, like, going all the way. Deep down, I knew I had a problem, like, early on. But I never wanted to admit it. You know what today is. Do you know where you were three years ago today, April 11th? Out of you were, it was out a of month. rehab, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three years well, ago think about that. today. Yeah. And now look at you. Now you're sitting in the UFC facility about to, to work out and telling a story. Three years. Does it feel like a long time ago? I'm going into year five already in the NFL, which is like, I don't know how to describe it to people. Like, it feels almost like the days are super long, but the time just flies by. So, yeah, honestly, it's, it's insane. I can't believe it's already been three years. I remember the first, like, March 11th when I went in there. Every day seemed like the longest day ever. Yeah. Like, I had no phone. I couldn't, like, everything was just completely different and slowed down. And when I was leaving, I was like, I did my 30 days. I'm going back home. Screw this. Like, I'm ready yeah. to get home. They were like, no. Like, you're going to sober living. You're going to stay there till training camp. Putting yourself in a rehab alone is the hardest part, admitting you got a problem. But I wasn't ready. I think it was two and a half months I ended up staying there. You know, looking back on it, like, that was something I truly needed because I wasn't ready to go back to Vegas after 30 days. Like, I just left that house, and I was blacked out the last time I was there. Max, with two X's, Crosby, was born August 22, 1997, to parents Brian and Vera in Colleyville, Texas, a Dallas suburb. The day you're born, yeah. you were 11 pounds, 9 ounces? Yeah, I was a big boy. A big boy. Big boy, yeah. <laughs> Vera, Vera, did, she had to do some work. And now having a yes. child of your own and seeing yeah. what Rachel went through, can oh, you God. can appreciate Vera even more for 1, what happened? 1,000%. My mom, is a, she's a warrior. She sure <laughs> is. For sure, yeah. For me, like, I was a middle child, you know, insecure, redheaded kid. Like, I didn't have the girls. I didn't have any of that. Like, and my brother was, like, the man. He was a pretty boy, got all the girls. Like, so in my head, I was always, like, I'm trying to be like him. Like, they don't want me. But, like, it was always, like, a constant, like, internal battle. I never expressed it to him. But, like, yeah. I had that jealousy, and I wanted that life. And, like, I just wasn't happy as a human being. Like, I just was constantly just self-sabotaging and just making it worse and worse and worse and trying to drink away my feelings and then repeating and doing the when same. When did you start drinking? Um, I started in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's just kind of— And you loved it, right, when you started? Oh, immediately. I was like, yeah. you know, for me, the drinking was like kind of like that, you know, that pivot to where I could, you know, open you up. And, yeah, and... give me the confidence. And, you know, and then football started happening, and I started, you know, growing a little bit and became a good football player. So it kind of just like— 
it worked hand in hand because I got confident and I'm drinking out and I'm confident yeah, and I'm drinking. And it's just and like, yeah. yeah, so it was just like a bad cycle, but that's kind of how it started. Eastern Michigan was the only scholarship offer Crosby received, but he made the most of it, earning first team All-Mac in both 2017 and 2018. In college, you stopped drinking for what, was it nine months? After yeah. you, because you got a DUI. Yep, I got a DUI. In college, and yeah. did you think in that moment, like, I'm gonna lose this all if I don't stop? Like, what made you stop, and, and why did you go back in that moment? Yeah, I give a lot of credit to my head coach, Chris Creighton. He was the one that, like, started that. He's like, if you drink at any point, like, you get the first game, you could play the second game, whatever, but if it's week seven and I find out you're drinking, mm -hmm. you're suspended that next game, I don't care. And in my head, like, yeah. I already made it up. I'm leaving early, I'm going to the league. At that time, like, I was getting sober for basically, obviously selfishly for my career, because I knew like what I, my vision was, but like at the same time, I was just staying sober to get through this football season. 2019, it's the NFL draft. Take me through that day, sort of the emotions and, and storyline there when you look back on that. That was extremely stressful. I had teams, you know, mention to me, you know, being a top 100 pick. And so I'm waiting day two and I don't get drafted. And I'm sitting there with my whole family, all my friends, Rachel, like I was just sick to my stomach and I just walked out of the party. I'm pissed, I'm like sick because going into day three, you don't know what the hell is gonna happen. Hello? Who's this? I knew the Raiders had two picks, they had 106 and 109. I just, for some reason, like, it's the same thing, like things happen for a reason, like it just makes too much sense. I'm meant to be a Raider. <laughs> I am coach, I promise. <laughs> In his first year, Crosby had 10 sacks and finished second to Nick Bosa for Defensive Rookie of the Year. You got a great rookie season. Yep. And then what's the reason why you allowed yourself to sort of revert back to, dare I say, old ways? After my rookie year, that was the first time like in my life where it's like, all right, I got money for the first time. You got an off season. I got an off season. I don't have to be anywhere for this no amount class. of time. Yeah. No class, nothing. Like, and it was the worst thing for me at that time. And I just went on a spiral, <laughs> mm -hmm. literally for like three months straight. It was bad. So. Does it trip you out a little bit to think like, I was able to even get here and operate at this high level when I wasn't sober, and now mm -hmm. what you can do in sobriety? That was the one thing I felt like was holding me back. That first year of sobriety was so hard and I went through so much mentally. Following the 2020 season, Crosby had surgery on a torn labrum and broken hand, injuries he played with most of the year. I got my surgery, we went back to Vegas and like literally everything changed. Sat with a nutritionist, got with the strength staff, got with everybody, I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to be a middle of the road guy or a good story, oh, he got sober in the league, whatever. I'm like, I'm trying to be the best. I'm gonna do everything I can to make it happen. In these past two years, like literally went from like a middle of the road guy to an all pro. And I still know I got room to grow. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. such a loser. I have chills right now yeah, thinking about like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. because I like that winning mentality and yeah. doing whatever it takes to win. And yeah. that's why you're sitting here. And it's also why the Raiders rewarded you. Initial here. On the second anniversary of his sobriety, the Raiders gave Crosby a new contract worth $53 million in guarantees. One more. Two, three, perfect. There you go. I appreciate you guys. Um, Happy buddy. days. Yes, sir. Uh, you got it, buddy. Congrats. Yes, sir. Congrats. 
In 2022, Crosby had his best year yet. He led the league in tackles for loss with 22 and recorded a career-high 12 and a half sacks. People always say something about me, you know, he's just a try-hard, he plays hard, that's what he does, and then all of a sudden I start getting more respect, but there's always gonna be doubters, and the more love you get, the more hate you get. The way I approach life is I don't give a damn what anybody says. I'm gonna attack it head on and see where I land. How I'm does this excited. help you? Um, honestly, so last year, I, I, to add into my training, I started doing boxing every week. We do like an hour and a half on my off days. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan. I've always wanted to fight. Like I grew up fighting, so mm -hmm. like not in, you know at a gym or anything like that. But I always was interested in it, so I started boxing, and it's just been a part of my you know training. So be your other career. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> I know you're waiting for that championship, as as any football player is, and hoisting that Lombardi. But you got a you got a pretty good trophy on your case right now in sobriety, and congratulations Absolutely. that. I would, I would venture to, to say is even harder to get to. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much. This is a Appreciate good one. It. I feel like we're only in chapter five. I can't wait to keep reading. <laughs> this is a lot more. Because there's a lot more. Carissa Thompson right there with Max Crosby. Again, I just thought that was some really good stuff. Saw it last night and I was like, man, I got to record this. I got to make sure we send it over to Ari. Ari puts it in the system correctly and we, we play it. So I uh, definitely wanted to make sure we got that in there. Um, you know, hearing from Max Crosby. Again, we all know the story of Max, but just kind of hearing him break it down and, you know, thinking that he was in a good place and then wasn't in a good place and this, that, and the other. And even, you know, what football did for him, just for his confidence in life. I think that that was uh, really cool. And, again, it was only, you know, eight and nine minutes, whatever the case may be, but some really good stuff, Max Crosby. 429 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings, Galleria Mall, Mall Ring Circle. We normally would have Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com in this spot. He can't join us today, so we'll get him next Friday for sure. But we'll hear from head coach Joshua Daniels. Uh, I was pretty busy today going around town and uh, catching up with Coach and his uh, press conference that he had today. So you'll hear from him. we got a few sound bites, and uh, we'll break it on down. Plus, we'll hear from you as well. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword r, &R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q. Here we go. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. Galleria Mall, Mall Ring Circle. We're here until 5 o'clock. Sell some tickets here for you if you want to come get hooked up. I got them. Just come on by. You can't miss me. As soon as you walk in the door, you'll see me. If you don't see me, you'll hear me. <laughs> One of the two is going to happen, I promise you. But come on by here. We're hanging out. Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. We do this each and every Friday. We go to a different uh, Buffalo Wild Wings location in the area. It's always a lot of fun being in and around town. And, you know, out of studio is always a lot of fun. So definitely appreciate everyone who's come by and said, what's up? So got some uh, sound that I want to get to. I also want to get some, some texts and calls as we close out the, strong, uh, the show straw. Man, we got 25 minutes left until the weekend, until – week four of the Raiders season, and they go up against the, the Chargers. We won't talk again until Monday. So let's go hard in the paint, man. Let's finish this thing off strong. We don't, we don't just mail it in on Fridays. We don't, you know, 
not uh, pay attention to details. We, we dot I's. We cross T's around here at all times. So let's finish this show off really strong. 702-365-9200. The don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. Mailman Raider said, Q, I'll get hyphy with you to some, uh, to some hustler sideshow or boss tycoon. Also getting the loonies, Oakland Raiders, from the Bay to L.A. to Las Vegas because I'm a Raider, an Oakland Raider. How, how much of, uh, like, how much did they seek into the future, right? How much did they already know what was up? Remember how long ago that song came out? Remember on the Loonies when they were at the top of their game? That's the second Loonies reference we've had today. Paul Gutierrez was out there at, uh, at practice earlier today, and he tweeted out a picture of Jimmy G uh, practicing, and he said something about how, how much you got on uh, or what you got on, on Jimmy G playing, and then he put hashtag Looney's reference. So that was the first Looney's reference. Now Mailman Raider hit us with the, from the bait to L.A. to Las Vegas because I'm a Raider, an Oakland Raider. Man, that was, that was I mean, they were, they just knew the future then. Shout out to the, to the Looney's. We'll have to get that song in the rotation as well. Uh, we got a text from the 915. He said, this is Big Glenn Diesel. Hey, Q, you guys say that you don't want to see Aiden O'Connell because it's too early in the season. It's not the right time. Was it the right time when Herbert had to come in for an injured Tyrod Taylor week one of his rookie year? If they had that mentality, then they wouldn't know what they had in their franchise quarterback. You have to find out what you have and see how he responds in live-action game against a quarterback we'll have to contend with for the next 15 years. That's Big Glenn Diesel. And, yeah, the difference between Justin Herbert and Aiden O'Connell is what? Justin Herbert was drafted in the first round to be the quarterback of the future. He was drafted in the, in the first round to be the guy for the next 15 years for the Chargers. None of us know that Aiden O'Connell was drafted for that. He was drafted in the fourth round. He's a guy that at some point he's probably going to get some looks. Again, you could be right, right? I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm just giving you my opinion. And when we had Paul Gutierrez on, he mentioned it earlier too. And, and there's been others that have said, yeah, sure, go ahead, throw Aiden O'Connell in there, go for a spark. The thing is, what message are you sending to your team? Because the fact of the matter is, if you look around the league and you look at rookie quarterbacks, look at the success they're having or lack of success. Guys want to win. Guys like Devontae Adams don't care about what the future is of the Raiders. He doesn't care who the future quarterback is or, hey, let's see what this guy's got. He wants to win. So when you do that, you're, it's a fine line. And that's all I've been saying for, I don't know, a week now. It's the same message. Right? It doesn't matter how you dress it up. It doesn't matter what kind of box or bow you put on it. Right? There's like 18 Christmas presents underneath the tree. They're all the same thing. It's the same answer. They're just wrapped up in different presents. It's just, it's just something around the league. How much success are they having in Carolina? How many wins do they have? Zero. How many wins is Anthony Richardson coming up with in Indianapolis? Well, they have some wins, but he's been knocked out of a couple games already. He's supposed to play this week. C.J. Stroud's having a little bit of success in 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 uh, Houston, but not really. More times than not, when a rookie quarterback starts, especially early, it's not very good. And this team is sitting there at one and two. I know that record doesn't look very appealing, but there's 15 teams that have a, a one win or, or zero win so far in the season, and the Raiders are in second place. So why would you just say, you know what, we're going to go away from the guy that we spent some pretty good money on in Jimmy G to go put Aiden O'Connell in to see what he's got when you have an 18-week, 17-game season? That's all I'm saying. You could be absolutely right. I could be wrong. I'm okay with that. I'm just telling you my thoughts. So comparing Aiden O'Connell to Justin Herbert is like comparing apples to oranges. When you're drafted in the top five, you're expected to play sooner rather than later. When you're drafted in the fourth round, you're in case of emergency break glass. And right now it's not emergency, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Now look at Houston, uh, not Houston, excuse me, look at Cleveland. 
They have Deshaun Watson. He's banged up. He's on the injury report. He has a shoulder injury. So if he doesn't get the if he doesn't get to go, the only other backup quarterback they have is a rookie. So they'll have to put DTR in there. But they're not going to put DTR in there just because Deshaun Watson's not playing good. It's only because he's banged up, and they have to put him in. Right? That's the only reason. So if Jimmy G can go, Jimmy G's the guy. And in my opinion, just my opinion, and that's the only person I can give the opinion of is me, if it's a one-week thing, put, the, put Brian Hoyer in there. See what he's got. He's a veteran. You know, you know what he's going to do. Right? He, he's good for a game. He's not a guy that I'd put in there very long at all. I'd put him in one game. And you know what? How about stardom? And if he doesn't look worth a damn, then maybe you do go to the rookie. But at least give the veteran an opportunity to go out there and do what veterans do. Oh, by the way, the Raiders' offensive line looks bad right now, so you want to put a rookie behind that offensive line? Two, the Raiders' run game is non-existent, so you want to give a rookie a bad offensive line and no run game? I'm just saying, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing about it. That's why I'm saying that wait till the later, later on in the season – when you're going to pass it on to, to Aiden O'Connell. And that's what, you know, a lot of other people feel the same way. Now, a lot of people feel the same way as you do. So if Jimmy G doesn't go, you might be right. And maybe he's the next coming of Tom Brady. Maybe he is. And maybe the Raiders have solved their issues at quarterback for the next 20 years. You could be absolutely correct. Or not. So that's all I'm saying. I've answered this question a thousand times with the same answer. Same answer. 725, Vegas Pete said, Crosby's becoming one of my all-time favorite Raiders. I agree with that. I agree with that in a major way. I think he's I think he's one of those guys that is infectious. His personality, he works his ass off. He was a guy who didn't even expect to get into the game as a fourth-round pick, a guy that had to work his tail off just to stay on the field, and he found a way once he got on the field to stay on the field. Kudos to him. But he had to work. He worked, and he did really well. And then, you know, he had trials and tribulations, and he was able to come – Come uh, come out on top of that. So, uh, you know, I think that that's really, really good for Max and, and just shows you, and you heard him in that piece, what he was talking about. He's a Raider. You know, even though he didn't, he didn't understand why he took so long to get drafted, you know, he said things worked out really well because he's, he was born to be a Raider. You know, and it's funny, his, his college coach was actually a Raider fan, a diehard Raider fan, which is pretty funny. You know, when he got drafted by the Raiders, uh, that coach called him and was like, hey, you know, Things work out the way they're supposed to work out. So that's that's a that's a good little, I think, a good little story. So, yeah, shout-out to Max Crosby for everything that he's doing. Let's go ahead and take a break real quick. 442 is the time. We'll take it a couple minutes early. Ari will come back. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We'll close out the show live from Buffalo Wild Wings. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. And here we go. Closing things up here at Buffalo Wild Wings, Galleria Mall, Mall Ring Circle is the location. Each and every Friday, we're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings. Today, this is our spot. We appreciate everyone who's come by so far and said what's up, hung out with us, and got hooked up with some prizes. As we close things out, let's go ahead and get some uh, get some sound on from Coach McDaniels from uh, earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. We had a chance to catch up with him probably about 10:15 this morning, bright and early this morning. We had an opportunity to catch up with him. And the first sound bite is just on the status of Jimmy G. It's real quick. There's not a whole lot to it, but here's Mo- Coach McDaniels talking about the status of Jimmy Garoppolo. Still in the protocol. Uh, he'll be out there again today, kind of working through that. Again, we're at the mercy of the testing and all the rest of it. So he'll go through the normal set of tests and try to, uh, we'll see if it clears. So that's it, you know, quick and to the point. Got to go through the protocol. Got to see if he clears. 
It's great that he's limited. It's great that he's out there getting a little bit of practice, but until he's able to fully clear, he won't be able to play on Sunday. Uh, and then here's here's uh, Coach McDaniel's just doubling down about the timetable for Jimmy's uh, return. As soon as it, you know, as soon as they're ready to go from one phase to the next, then there's that's the protocol. And um, like I said, we'll we'll kind of see where where it goes today. And then real quick, one more on Jimmy G. Uh, and it's just about the, the medical staff talking about Jimmy G and, and when he's, like I said, when he's cleared to, to get out there. If we, were, if, we were to not, if we were to not travel any player, we would do that. You know what I mean? So, um, again, it's really out of our hands at this point until the medical people tell us where that goes. So as soon as, the, as, soon as we're clear on what's, what it is and what it isn't, then we'll, you know, we'll go ahead and, and move in one direction or the other. So what he was actually talking about there for a little clarification, is if Jimmy's going to get on the plane to go to L.A., right, if they would decide to hold him back. And, you know, if obviously if he wasn't going to play, then, yeah, he's not going to get on the plane. But, uh, you know, as far as, as far as just getting him out there to L.A., that's one thing, but he still has to be clear and the medical staff has to make the ultimate decision if he's good to go or not. You know, someone, a friend brought up to me earlier today about just concussions in general with quarterbacks, and we all remember what happened with Tua Tagovailoa last year and the fact that he came back, and we all remember that, what was it, Monday Night Football where uh, he hit his head again and went through it and, you know, his fingers locked up and everything. And they said, do you think that there's any chance that the NFL has instructed teams that quarterbacks that have concussions don't go back out there the next week? And I thought at first, right when I wanted to answer real quick, and I was like, no, I don't think. And then I thought, I was like, well, you know what? I don't remember a quarterback that's gone through a concussion that came back the next week. Anthony Richardson had a concussion earlier this year. He sat out the next week. Now, there's obviously different levels of concussions, so it's just kind of something to think about. And I was like, I don't know. But, of course, I know the NFL is very, very concerned with the whole Tua situation. And so maybe they're taking an extra step. Maybe the NFL is saying, hey, you know, make sure these guys are fully, fully cleared before you put them back out there. Again, just a conversation, a little side conversation I was having earlier. Not anything to, to report on, just something to make you think. Something to make you say, hmm, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and then I started asking questions. <laughs> then I started asking questions, and I had to talk about the offensive line and the run game. So, uh, you know, obviously Josh, Josh Jacobs got going a little bit last week towards the end of the game, and, and obviously it was a little too, too late. But, you know, the offensive line has got to, got to get together and really start to play physical and start to be that bully that I was talking about. And the reason I asked him this question about the offensive line and, and really the demeanor of the offensive line, if he's seen something different from him this week, is because of the two sounds that we heard earlier. From uh, Andre James, we heard that on, I believe, Wednesday, and also uh, from Jermaine Illuminor when Vinny sent that over, a little locker room sound, and they were basically saying, like, we know we've got to play better. So I was wondering if they had a little bit extra demeanor, what he had seen from them this week in practice. Yeah, I mean, banded together, um, determined, worked really hard, um, you know, all week long, spending some extra time with each other. Um, you know, just that's the way you solve problems in our league, you know, and it's a it's a long, long season, and every team goes through some ups and downs in certain areas of their game, you know. And and we did this last year, you know. We uh, we there were certain areas where we were struggling early and kind of figured out how to fix it and improve it. And I think that's the the mark of a of a mature group of guys that wants to try to address things that they maybe they're not doing as well as they'd like. And so. Um, again, it's not the offensive line, the offensive line alone. There's fullbacks and tight ends and backs and receivers and everybody's you know, involved with those types of things. But that group uh, in particular is very mature, very determined, works really hard, very consistent with their day-to-day -day approach. And 
um, I see no difference this week. I mean, they're adamant about trying to improve in any way that they can to help the team. So there you go. There's Josh McDaniels just talking about the overall practice habits of the offensive line, what he's seen from them so far this week. You know, and, and I just really wanted to know if there was a little bit of an adjustment from them, if they were playing with a little bit, you know, something in their neck, I like to say, a little attitude, which is something that I think they need to. I think they need to come out with that, that bully mentality. Like Lincoln always says, you're not going to beat me. If me and you are going to go one-on-one all day long, guess what? It's going to be a long day for you. Like, you just got to have that mentality, man. You got to have that mentality that you're the baddest mofo on the planet, right? And, and, and that's just got to be the approach. And so that's what I'm hoping that you see from the offensive line this week. You want to see that physicality. You want to see them play with a little bit of anger, a little something in their neck, and, you know, open up holes in the run game. And, and he had talked about the, the run game earlier in the, in the presser. So, you know, I asked him if he started to see, you know, see it starting to develop on film, you know, but in game film and also practice film. You're talking about on practice film or game film? Yeah, just game film. I mean, you know, the run, you're always close. I mean, honestly, like the run game is really, uh, you know, a lot of times you're one block away or one finish away or one you step away, you know, from from it being a, you know, a two-yard game could be a 20-yard game, you know. So I think that all of us are seeing that every ounce of effort and energy and finish and detail um, will make a difference. Um, when we've run the ball well, that's the case. When we haven't, that's also the case, you know. So um, it's a team thing. Everybody's involved in it. Uh, we all got to do our job, and if we do, we'll do it well. There you go. Coach McDaniels talking about how close the run game is to kind of popping. And it would be a great week for it to pop. <laughs> Straight up. Again, I think if the Raiders win this game, if we come back on Monday and we're talking about a Raiders victory, they ran for 100 yards or something close to it. Josh Jacobs had a really good day. That, I mean, it's straight up. If he has a really good day, that means the offensive line had a really good day. And, of course, the defense goes out there and does their thing. You can't allow Justin Herbert to get comfortable and just, you know, sit back there and pick you apart. But uh, those are sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels from earlier today. Also, thanks to Jared, he did a fantastic job making sure we secured some sound from Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. I have a couple little sound bites I wanted to pass along uh, from, from them as well as they prepare for this game going up against the Raiders come Sunday at SoFi Stadium. So here's Justin Herbert on the Raiders and Max Crosby. You'll hear the question and you'll hear Justin Herbert's answer as well. Um, every game in the NFL is important. Um, you know, this is the most important one because it's our next one. Uh, the Raiders are a really good football team, and it's going to require all of our attention and uh, a great, great week of preparation of practice to have any shot on Sunday. So Max Crosby, is he one of the pass rushers that really catches your attention more so than a lot of other teams and players like I think that? He's, I think he's very good. He's, he's one of the best at what he does, and, and he's definitely one of those guys you have to be aware of whenever he's on the field. Justin Herbert, and I'm just hearing these for the first time, so I'm reacting in real time. Justin Herbert sounds very uh, coach-like right there. Raiders are a really good team. Max Crosby's one of the very, really good. Yeah, that's, that was very coach-speak from one Justin Herbert. Here he is real quick talking about the Raiders' rivalry. you embrace this Raiders' rivalry like fans and players in the 90s, 80s, whatever, or is it, are they just another team? Um, I unfortunately wasn't around in the 80s or the 90s, so I, I don't know quite what it was like. Um, but we know that they're a very good football team, and, and so we have to do our best to, to have a good week of practice um, because we know what they're capable of. So it, we've got to be at our best on, come Sunday. That was a pretty good little zinger right there from Justin Herbert. I wasn't around in the 80s and 90s, so I don't know what the rivalry was like. And, yeah, I, I never really even think about asking questions like that to the players. I always think about if you're going to ask a question like that, that's more for the coach. But there you go, a couple sounds from Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback for the Chargers. So we'll see how the game goes, man. Sunday, 105 kickoff. You'll hear Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on the call here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's us. That's to do it from Buffalo Wild Wings.
And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.